Ontario. Good afternoon, Lake Norman, and welcome to Town Talk. We're coming to you live from WSIC, the Real Talk Studio, nestled on the banks of beautiful North Lake Norman, streaming worldwide from Hamburg, Germany, to Smyrna, South Carolina. Population 45 people, by the way. I'm your host, Bill Russell, President of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, the largest chamber of commerce in the Charlotte region. This is a program where we discuss topics that are impacting your family, your friends, your neighbors, your business, from my neighborhood to yours. My three guests today are Jeff Tart. He is the 2023 Public Policy Chair of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, Coach Nikki Rigby with Get Real Alcohol, and Jim Cones, Wealth Advisor with Raymond James Williamson Wealth Group. And we were going to be talking, Jeff, we were going to be talking about the candidate forums, but last week I had Mark Miller as one of my guests with Mills Market, which has been approved by the town. And I understand we have Bob Menzel, who is a candidate for town board, and he wanted to say something about last week's show. Uh, Bob, are you with us? I, I am, Bill. Thank you very much for having me. And I just uh, apologize. I was a little late last week, but I just wanted to call in and tell your listeners how excited we are about Bill's Market and uh, what it's going to do for downtown uh, between it and the Kane Center. They're going to be the uh, real catalyst that's going to lead to just fantastic revitalization of downtown Cornelius. Thank you, Bob. And, and thank you for participating in this past week's forum in the town of Cornelius. Uh, we're going to be talking about that with our, our public policy chair, but thank you very much for calling in. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. Jeff, uh, we were just alluding to that. Uh, we had a candidate forum in Cornelius last Thursday night and a candidate forum in Huntersville this past Tuesday, both uh, in partnership with WSIC. Jessica Zeppis was our moderator. Uh, I thought it was a really good discussion in Cornelius last week. What did, what did you think about that? Actually, I think we had good conversations in both communities. And Justin, it's nice having a, literally a professional that facilitates that kind of conversation. He's able to keep the yeah, momentum of the evening moving forward, staying on topic. I guess the first takeaway from actually both and Cornelius as well is you have a lot of very capable people, very involved in the community. And people were respectful uh, in exchanging ideas and their own personal views and opinions. We have another forum coming up uh, tomorrow night in the town of Huntersville, 7 and 9. It will be at the Huntersville Town Hall. Again, it's going to be streamed. It's on WSIC's uh, website, but also Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and it is hosted on their YouTube site. So anybody who didn't get a chance to see the Cornelius Forum or the Huntersville Forum, which this past uh, Tuesday was the three candidates for mayor and the five candidates out of 15 that are running for town board. So, uh, and we're going to have the balance of the 10 tomorrow night. You know, the interesting thing, the question that Justin asked of both uh, forums was, was there anybody uh, on the dais that were not going to be supporting the school bond? We have a $2.5 billion school bond up in Mecklenburg County, and every one of those candidates said they supported it. Yeah, across the board, unanimous support from both communities for the school bond issue. I think it's also important to note one thing that you mentioned because you're able to stream these. You can see how uh, technology, the Internet, social media will impact elections and the ability to be an informed voter. Uh, in the past, if you didn't attend one of the forums, which might be, you know, 100 people in a packed room, but there's thousands of voters, right? This gives your opportunity to really listen to all the candidates and get a sense of topics that range a broad spectrum that will impact you and, and your family. And this is an awful good way to go learn about people and their positions that agree with your personal opinions and where you want to cast your vote. You know, Jeff, uh, listening to the commissioners and the, and the people run for mayor, both uh, in Cornelius and in Huntersville, I, I really didn't see anybody that I felt uncomfortable with. I thought they all had tremendous skill sets and, and looked like they would be uh, good leaders for our community. Yeah, th there's a host of different backgrounds. Uh, I have my own personal biases. I think what you learn with the people who are the first time getting engaged and running for elected offices, more power to them because it, it's a very tough thing to go do and get the courage to go put yourself out in front of everybody. But there's a learning curve depending on the backgrounds, right? Uh, so hopefully people that are running for the first time, it's something they have a desire to do. They don't get on board and learn this is not their cup of tea. You see a little bit of that in their responses and the detail incumbents tend to have a little bit deeper content. Uh, people that have 
business backgrounds as a rule have a little more detail and, and content to their responses because, as I tell people, you know, if you look at the definition of politics, we all think of the backroom deal making and all that stuff that goes on between parties and trying to elect a speaker of the House of Representatives in Congress. But politics, if you pull open uh, Webster's and look at the definition, it's the simply the art and science of managing a public body. So it's not, it's the only difference between running, you know, a um, major corporation for profit is that this one's a municipal entity or a state entity. So still a lot of the same functions. Nikki, one of the other issues that came up in Huntersville last night was we have a all-volunteer fire department. And uh, one of the issues among those candidates were saying that we should fund the fire department. It shouldn't be just a volunteer fire department. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Jeff? Uh, I think across the board, when you look at the size, when we first moved here 30-plus years ago, Davidson was 4,000 people, Cornelius was 2,600 people, and Huntersville was the same size of 2,600 people. We're now in an environment where we have almost 200,000 people. It has drastically changed, and the ability to service a, a geographic area with the number of people that have to be on an engine, there's requirements uh, depending on how many people are on the engine and show up at a site that need to be able to fight that fire. There's rules and regulations around that. We're probably well past the point we can function sufficiently with volunteer fire departments. The issue is how do we transition and migrate there? It's not going to happen overnight. So as, and I don't even know which candidate mentioned it, but it makes a lot of rational sense is that we need a hybrid. And it's a model where we transition from, being volunteer to over a number of years that we become full-time. One aspect, it will hit and impact every town budget because to run a full-time volunteer fire department is significantly more expensive. We've got another forum coming up Thursday night for the remaining 10 candidates for Huntersville Town Board, again, 7 to 9 at Huntersville Town Hall. What do you think we're going to see? Uh, hopefully more of the same, actually, <laughs> uh, in that we have thoughtful, considerate, pragmatic people who have ideas, who have been involved in the community and want to contribute at the next level. Uh, again, $2.5 billion school bond. That was a, a question asked. Was there support? Um, the Chamber of Commerce has come out in support of that. Uh, big number, uh, really big number that we're looking at, but uh, some significant uh, changes coming for North Mecklenburg. We're getting a new a replacement, North Mecklenburg High School, a replacement Cornelius Elementary, a cor- uh, Huntersville Elementary School, it'll be a replacement, and then a new um, junior high school. Yeah, there's significant projects, five major projects that are coming up to the North Mecklenburg area, and then 30 total projects in that bond offering that would be part of this. Always a concern is that the next board can change those requirements and projects, but if they stick to the plan as advertised, uh, it will be significant. What we have to realize is, think about the cost differential 10 years ago. Well, the 2007 bond, a high school back then cost about $48 million to construct. The new North Mech High School will be close to $230 million. And the big drivers of that are obviously construction costs are significantly more. Also, that we have technology being embedded, and the last one is building for safety. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more with uh, Coach Nikki Rigby. We also got Jim Combs. We'll be right back on WSIC's Town Talk after a word from our sponsors. Very good, Jeff. We closed that out just in time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm watching the signals. There you go. There you go. We have a power luncheon tomorrow, Jim. It's going to be at Northstone Country Club where we're recognizing the outstanding police officer and and fire and crime stoppers. Uh, This is something we've been doing for uh, since 2003. Uh, This is the 21st annual public safety luncheon. Uh, Jeff, you were mayor, three-term, three-term mayor uh, for Cornelius, three terms in the Senate. Three, Correct, three terms in the Senate. Um, how important is this for the Chamber of Commerce to be recognizing our law enforcement and our, our public safety officers? 
I know our core mission is revolves around advocating for businesses and advocating in our community and working directly with our municipalities. But I will tell you, as a former mayor, as well as just a resident, I think for all of us, uh, public safety and our first responders is job one. Uh, taking care of our police, fire, EMS, uh, 911 operators, that is the core business responsibility of a community. And there are some spectacular individuals that serve our communities in those roles. So to be able to be recognized not only by your community, but by your peers and folks around uh, town, it, I think it's a big deal. And it's, you know, this is going to maybe sound silly or goofy, but I'm really proud that we do that as a chamber. Yeah, presented by Carolina's Telco Federal Credit Union right here in Cornelius. Um, there are still some seats available. We, we called and we'll probably have about 80 people, but we can seat a few more. So if you're interested in attending that, call the Chamber of Commerce tomorrow or, or email them, 704-892-1922. And again, uh, that's taking place tomorrow. And Jim, tomorrow we're having a business after hours at, at uh, CareMed Spa which is on Torrance Chapel Road, uh, 201 Torrance Chapel Road. They're the region's premier holistic med spa concept, having their grand opening again tomorrow, the 19th, 5.30. It's a champagne soiree and a ribbon cutting happening after hours, uh, again, 5.30 to 8. So if you get a chance, stop on by. Uh, networking event, Jim, we have a lot of networking events at the Chamber. You're the the membership services uh, chair over our programs uh, again, how important is networking to local business? I think anybody that wants to be involved in the community, there's some great events that are done by the Lake Norman Chamber that you can get out, meet more people. You'll, you never know who you're going to run into that may need your services. And it's, it's just a great, easy thing, fun thing to do. And Nikki, you recently joined the Chamber. How long have you been a member? Uh, just a couple months, actually. Just a couple of months. Have you had a chance to come to any of our programs? Uh, I haven't with this business, but I've been a, a member in the past, so I'm very familiar with the chambers, uh, the availability to the, the the businesses. Okay, we're coming back live in just a second. Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. I have Jeff Tart, the 2023 Public Policy Chair of the Chamber. Nikki Rigby, Get Real with Alcohol. Jim Combs a wealth advisor with Raymond James Williamson Wealth Group. Nikki, I, I want to talk to you about your business, but before we get into Get Real with Alcohol, you grew up on a farm. Uh, we were just talking about my farm. Uh, you're an entrepreneur. You founded three businesses. This is going to be number four for you. Uh, you had a business that uh, I think had something to do with driver safety with NASCAR, uh, but I want to get to the family farm. Tell me about where, where was the family farm? When I say upstate New York, I mean take the top northeast corner, 45 minutes south of Montreal and two minutes from the Vermont border. Uh, it was in a very small rural town um, in upstate New York. Did you did you grow uh, produce? Did you have cows, horses? What, what did we have? Very traditional farm. Um, when my grandfather had it, my Pepe, uh, it actually had pigs and chickens. But then when my father had it, it was just cows. We did dairy. And, for milk. and how long did you have? How long was the farm in the family? Um, so my grandfather actually had it um, back in the early, or I'm sorry, late 1800s, early 1900s. Oh. So NASCAR, this is NASCAR country, and you had a NASCAR-oriented business. Tell me about the driver safety that you uh, program that you had. So when you say NASCAR, that is true, um, but it was also all types of racing. Okay. We did um, FIA um, was another sanctioning body we worked with and um, NHRA. So we did occupant driver safety. So the head restraints that you hear about, right. um, yeah. we were one of the um, beginning founders of the head restraint industry. Uh, then we developed it into the seat belts and to driver nets and into all kinds of occupant safety equipment that uh, went a long ways. <laughs> How did you get into that? Uh, with my ex, uh, we started the business, and um, ironically, we had come from Detroit, which is the automotive sure. world, and um, it, there was a big need for uh, the racing industry to... Uh, let's say, up their standards. Right. And right. so uh, Dale Earnhardt's death was a big catalyst to our, our company um, being very successful. Did you exist before that injury in 2001? 
Uh, we did. We had just started, and we had been approaching NASCAR, um, trying to promote the dynamic sled testing um, for impact safety, it, because before that it was just um, static pole testing. I mean, I could write a whole book on on that whole chapter of my life. Yeah, er Earnhardt was was obvious. Was my favorite driver, and of course, then I, I was a Dale Jr. fan as well. And, and uh, but Earnhardt was one of those who did not want to be. Restrained, did not want to wear that. Yeah. Oh, he was definitely old school. Yeah. He was like, and, just and then shut the, up and drive. <laughs> the, then the the hardened walls of get, getting some of those softer barriers when they hit yep. that wall. Um, yeah, there's been some tremendous changes with NASCAR over the last 30 years. Absolutely. Even their polyester seatbelts, uh, when we got into the um, business, they were still using nylon uh, belts, which was something that the automotive had switched to 50 years prior to that. And I think you also had a, a business center with a, a business incubation as well. So. I did. Uh, so when we sold the um, safety restraint business, mm -hmm. I had an empty building and got creative and said, geez, let's uh, offer some co-working space, some key man offices and event meeting space. And so I had that for a little over six years and then sold that business when I decided to get into the commercial cabinet. Uh, manufacturing business with my uh, now husband. Is that what brought you to Lake Norman? That was part of the uh, racing industry. <laughs> okay, yeah, getting closer to yeah NASCAR and, yep. and, and the racing. Sure, yep. sure, definitely. And the cabinetry business is that's that's something you're still doing, right? Yes, yes. So seven years um, we have owned and operated this business, which has been um, a, a true a joy. Uh, you know. I being a having a background in manufacturing and then my husband having one in commercial real estate development, uh, it was a good fit for us when we were looking at a business to purchase. And it's um, just been a great experience and uh, we're just really enjoying it. I was intrigued when we we first met and started talking and, and you've got this new venture, Get Real With Alcohol. You're an alcohol coach, which many people might say, okay, what's an alcohol coach do? But I come from a family. We were just talking about it before we got on air. Uh, my grandfather, uh, Feimster, was, was, I would say, a functional alcoholic. He, he, uh, he would drink an enormous amount of, of Budweiser's, and, and he worked at a mill, and then go in the mill, and, of course, sweated all that out. But it, it was, And he was, seemed uh, very functional, uh, and you wouldn't know that he had even been drinking, but he was somebody who went through an enormous amount of beer. Um, and then my grandfather, Russell, who I, I never thought he ever drank a day in his life because I never, ever saw it, but I heard early in his life, you know, before I was born, he struggled with alcohol. And so, uh, no, I know, other than eggnog, I never saw my grandfather, Russell, ever take a drink, ever. But it was because he couldn't. He couldn't deal with that. So tell me, though, what is an alcohol coach, and, and how did you get into this? So my journey began several years ago after the death of my father and going through a divorce. Uh, I myself experienced problematic drinking. And when it got to a point where I knew I needed to do something about it, um, I you know, started to try different things. I tried moderation. Um, I even tried a pill called naltroxone. Um, but then I even saw two therapists. Uh, then it got to the point where I realized, okay, I, I, none of this is working. Something needs to change. And so I researched some programs, and I actually entered into an intensive outpatient program, which was an IOP program, a five-month program. You know, it's half days, so you're still involved in your daily life. And about three months into it, I had a dear friend um, refer a book to me called This Naked Mind. And when I read this book, it changed my world completely. I said, this, this all makes sense. This makes such a difference. And I quickly learned that there was an old school method and there was a new school method. And so with that being said, I continued to do more research and started this um, massive reading of all types of books. And uh, then I recognized that there was a program to become a certified coach for This Naked Mind. And so here I am today, and uh, I, the one main big thing that I do want to say is that there are so many false beliefs out there and uh, so many stigmas associated with alcohol that unfortunately it holds a lot of people back from getting the help that they need. 
You know, we were talking about just a little while ago. I, I said that I'm actually looking forward to the weekend. I'm, uh, I'm going to get away. We have a ribbon cutting uh, on on Friday, and as soon as that's over with, I'm headed down to Charleston. I can't wait to sit on the swing with with Susan and and my old English sheepdog uh, Henry will be on my lap. Uh, and uh, having a glass of wine or a glass of bourbon and watching the dolphins jump out. And you, you made a comment, well, you can have just as much fun without the drink of bourbon. Yep. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that glass of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> but you were, you were talking about the impact that alcohol has on some of your physical attributes, whether it's sleeping. Uh, share a little bit about that with the listeners. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we were so romanticized with alcohol from the billion dollar industries, and we think that it does a lot of things that it actually doesn't do. Uh, for example, we think that it relaxes us, but it actually increases our anxiety, increases our stress. The science is all there. I could show you graphs. I could show you data all day long. Um, it also, with your sleep, um, three days, it'll um, disturb your sleep to the point where your REM sleep, you're supposed to have six to seven a night, you only have two to three. Um, it, 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 and then it also will increase your appetite the next day when you've interrupted your sleep. So 25 by 25%. So you, you have those days where the next day you're like, you don't eat as healthy because you make those bad choices because your appetite has been increased. Uh, you know, the, when, since I have given up alcohol, the benefits are so, they far outweigh all, all of the misbelieved uh, benefits that I was getting from alcohol when I was drinking. Jeff, you're married into the healthcare industry. Uh, Nancy, uh, she's a doctor, isn't she? She is a uh, physician, so is my daughter. Uh, what are your thoughts on what you're hearing? Um, candidly, I, like most things, would need to do some homework and research. I'd want to see clinical studies and data that backs up and supports the different things around alcoholism. We know it's a problem, and for many people, it's devastating. But to say it's bad across the board for everybody, and everybody has a problem, um, again, I just need to see evidence and data. Obviously, alcohol's not something you want to consume in large quantities every day, right? And and like a lot of people, I think we've all got family members. I have a brother-in-law, my grandfather, a great uncle, um, others in the family that are alcoholics, mm-hmm. functional alcoholics, as you said. That's a problem. Nikki, who are your clients? Anyone. Uh, anyone that wants to change their relationship with alcohol. So, you know, it's not that it's bad for everyone. What we're trying to do is let everybody know and be aware of the actual facts behind alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we have had all these misbeliefs, all these myths that it does all these things. Um, so what we really want to do is educate people. And it's more for those people, like I said, that want to change their relationship with alcohol where it's problematic. But so not that it's bad for everybody, but there's a healthier choice out there, a healthier alternative lifestyle. Well, there's no question that we romanticize cigarettes. I mean, you can't look at a a black and white movie without somebody pulling up a a cigarette. So that's a perfect example. Um, When I was talking about the racing industry, you know, it was uh, behind the times with its safety innovation. And when you come to the same subject or the same parameters around alcohol, we are behind the times. When you look at smoking, it took 20 years for them to get it on their package, um, that it was dangerous. We don't tell anybody any of the true facts around the dangers of alcohol. Nikki Rigby with Get Real Alcohol. We're going to come back with Nikki in just a few uh, moments. And we're also going to talk to Jim Combs about his business and some of the things that he's involved with. Come back to Town Talk on WSIC. We'll be right back uh, after a word with our sponsors. Those of you who are streaming with us on Twitter, which is no longer, Jeff, it's no longer Twitter. I, I just can't get used to that. It's X. 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 Uh, do you send out X's or tweets? I haven't tweeted since my first term in the Senate when I tweeted something that I thought was public information, turned out was 
uh, only discussed in the Senate caucus, got called to the principal's <laughs> office, and I've never been on since. Nikki, do you do you tweet or do you X? What do you what do you do? You know, that's one platform I have not touched in a long oh, really? time. <laughs> I do all the others, but that one. Uh, that's a, that's an interesting subject we were just talking about. Um, and when we get back, I want to make sure that we, we talk about your website and how, how you're marketing. Uh, Jeff, we've got a golf tournament coming up. We've got a golf pro over here, too, a golf pro. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. But uh, we are playing at Northstone Country Club on October 30th. It is the Chamber's Ways and Means Project. A great opportunity to get out there in the links and, and network socially. Uh, you don't have to be a member of the Chamber of Commerce to, to go out and participate in our golf tournament. Uh, you can go to LeeNormanChamber.org or, again, call the chamber at 704-892-1922 to be able to go play golf with us. Uh, Jim, you're going to be out of town. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's a shame, but I have to uh, fly into Geneva on the 24th, and I will be in Italy in the Dolomites. Is that Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah, just on the other side of Wisconsin. Just keep going a little bit farther. But, yeah, I will uh, unfortunately have to be in the Dolomites. Uh, so I apologize for not being able to Nikki, be there. Nikki, you a golfer? I'm not. My no. husband's a great golfer, though. Uh, oh, is he really? Yeah. Now, uh, where does he play, usually? All over. All he, over. Yeah, he's been to Scotland. He's done Pebbles Beach. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, Real he, golfer. Good places. He's, he's a good golfer. Did you say if you're getting up a foursome? Uh, I have not touched a golf club in over <laughs> 10 years. I actually gave my clubs to Goodwill about two years ago. Um, so I play tennis. If I can hit a tennis ball out there, maybe. You know, we, we said we were going to play tennis, and, and then it, it uh, rained on That's us, and we couldn't, we couldn't get out there. I still need to do that. Jim, you do know that I, I'm a terrible golfer, but I actually hit a hole in one at Pudding, at what was it? Pudding Ridge, uh, going toward Winston's at Pudding, Pudding Ridge. Pudding Ridge, yeah, yeah, and that's great because uh, you know I was a golf professional for eleven years. I've played golf all my life. I yep. really, really love it. I have zero hole in ones, and uh, you don't even know what the function <laughs> of the club is, and you have hole in ones. Yeah, I'm not Jeff, mad about it. I'm not mad about yeah. it. Jeff, what he's alluding to was uh, on a par three, I pulled out a a, a one a driver, and a driver they, on the what par would you, three. What would you? What would you? But I'm I 300 yard uh, par three. Yeah, I, I barely get it there, right? And I I hit that thing and I smacked it. I knew I knew it was gone. Matter of fact, I knew I'd overshot the green. It was an Energy United uh, tournament, and there were two guys sitting in an Energy United uh, cart. And when we got out, they said, "Anybody seen Russell's ball?" He said, "Well, what I'm with in the hole." And I started laughing, and I said, "Yeah, right." And Nikki, I walked by the hole, and there's a ball, and I reached down and. It's my ball. That's so awesome. par three, driver for Bill. So it's probably 140, 141. I, I assume he topped it to yeah. get it that far. Yeah. No idea. No idea how I did that. It'll never happen again. Uh, November 14th. One comment, Bill? Yeah, go ahead. If you haven't played Northstone for even the casual golfer, spectacular venue, beautiful course yes, to play. Is. Back yes, when I used to play, I'd been out there a few times. And Jim, you're a member at Northstone, aren't you? I am a member there. I, I enjoy it. It's a, it's a fun place to be. Reese Jones? Uh, no, Pete Dye. Oh, Pete Dye, of course. Uh, Even harder. My... Other relationship, I my bride is the membership director, and uh, so a year and a half wait. So if you want to be a member, I would sign up today so you can be there in a year and a half to two years. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's Probably a very bet your wife because we were members for a couple of years. Oh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Jeff, on November 14th, the Chamber of Commerce Foundation is hosting a Thanksgiving breakfast uh, with the proceeds going to the pre- and after-school program of the Lake Norman YMCA. Uh, that is going to be uh, held, I think that's at the Peninsula Club. And again, uh, tickets are available by calling the Chamber of Commerce. All of the proceeds, all of the, well, the net proceeds are going uh, to fund the Lake Norman YMCA, and our foundation is behind that. Uh, are you going to be able to go to that? Uh, I will be in Birmingham and not the one overseas. I'll be at the one here in the United States. But uh, again, the YMCA is such a great cause uh, with the youth programs that they do for our kids in the region. It's a spectacular organization. Nikki, you said you've been a member for a couple, three months? Yes. Uh, have you been able to get to the WINS meeting or any, any programs you've attended? I haven't yet, but they're on my docket. Okay. Definitely. So, so, so you have? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you'll have to come out. We have a business after hours tomorrow night, and I hope you can get out to that. For those of you who are streaming with us, we're going back live on the radio in just a few seconds. 
Well, welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. I'm here with Jeff Tart. He is the 2023 Public Policy Chair of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce. Nikki Rigby, Get Real with Alcohol, who we just heard from, and Jim Combs, who is a wealth advisor with Raymond James Williamson Wealth Group. Um, before, Jim, we, we, we chat, uh, Nikki, share with anybody, if they wanted to get a hold of you or, or talk about this subject, a family member, maybe talking about their family or, them, uh, or maybe somebody themselves that wants to get a handle on their situation, how would they do that? Absolutely. Easiest way is my website, which is getrealwithalcohol.com. Getrealwithalcohol.com. Or call the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce and we can get you in touch with Nikki. Absolutely. Uh, Jim, I, I met you a, a few years ago. I got a phone call from from you that talked about, hey, can the Chamber of Commerce host a joint ribbon cutting? At that time, you were the Presidente uh, of the Huntersville Regional Chamber of Commerce and Huntersville Connection. And um, we met for breakfast over at Toast in Huntersville. And, and at that point, you, you talked about I'm not even sure why we have the the two organizations. How can we we work together? But as we're sitting down, Nikki, Jim was telling me all the things that he was involved in. Um, He was officiating Major League Hockey. He was a a golf pro. He was a pilot volunteering here with Angel Flights. Uh, and, And now he's a financial investor. And I'm going like, Gosh, this guy's involved in a lot of different things. But before we talk about any of those other things, you're with Raymond James, uh, Williamson Wealth. Dean Williamson uh, has been on my board of directors. He served six years on the board. He was actually in your position. He was my membership program services chair, the guy responsible for creating the programs and the after hours and the mixers and things of that nature. So you have a firm that is very involved in the community, has been since since Dean uh, met me 20 years ago. But um, tell me a little bit about Williamson Wealth. Uh, it, so Williamson Wealth, Raymond James, uh, it's uh, a great group of financial advisors that we're looking to help our clients. Uh, we're not looking at putting people in just you know blanket things. We get to know our clients. Uh, any financial advisor is a relationship. So there's not, hey, here's a quick product. We're going to try to sell you know 10 of these today. We go out, we find clients, we get to know them. What is in their best interest? And whether it's, you know, Dean, uh, Dave Edwards, Ed Burns, you know, anybody at our firm, uh, hey, we're going to take the time. We're building a relationship. You don't need to come in and bring everything and, you know, write a check the day one. Come in, let's have a conversation, see whose personality fits with you, see who can help you the best. And we kind of work as a team to make sure that our clients are taken care of. Nikki, we talked about the farms a little while ago. I got home last weekend from the farm. I opened up my mailbox. I had my financial statements and uh, two different accounts looked at them. It was a brutal, brutal September, Jim. Um, I, I, I'm being told it's it's just value. It's you haven't lost any money. It's it's just paper. Va- yes, just just, just paper. Just value. What do you say to your client who calls you up and says? Gosh, I just lost a ton of money in this market. Well, it, I mean, it, it starts a long time ago, right? So that didn't happen just right away. So when you, we were working with clients, we're trying to find out their goals and their needs. And 35-year-old clients are different than 65-year-old clients. And, you know, depending on their wealth and where it is, you want to take that risk tolerance and, and get it down. So, you know, last couple of years is about playing defense and making sure that you had people protected on the downside. Because, uh, you know, it was so aggressive for so long, you know, uh, three years ago, you could pick a stock and you're going to win no matter what. You could just throw a dart, pick that stock and it's going to win. And then there was correction. Right. And that's always going to come. But making sure that your client's downside is, you know, protected is one of the things that we like to do to make sure. And yeah, hey, the market was up, you know, 18 percent, but we're only up 14. Okay, when the market was down 30 and you're only down four, you know. There's a lot of protection on the downside too, so it's not all about aggressive and being, you know, growth, growth, growth. Uh, you got to got to look out for the downside in case this client and their needs. Hey, I'm going to retire in five years. That's a different risk tolerance. The kid that's 30 and he has a retirement. Hey, it, we're looking at a 30-year investment. And, you know, long-term investing doesn't even start till three years. So, you know, somebody's portfolio that went down, you know, 10% and they're 30 years old. This is still another 35 years before we're going to retire. So, you know, we have a longer runway. 
Jim, when I was graduated from college, I, I started an IRA, and then then uh, then I heard a program. A guy came out from Payne Weber and talked about, you know, why you should have a financial investor. And then I, I, I got him involved, and I started investing, and I got married. And we were just talking about getting married. And then you're you're trying to come up with the money for the mortgage and the car payment and everything else. And I didn't have a lot of leftover money, so I quit investing for about 12 years. Um, yeah, stopped. Yeah. I stopped, you know, didn't, didn't invest anything because I was trying to pay the bills. First rule. Yeah. Uh, pay yourself first. Pay yourself first. That's and I, that's the one regret that I have is that I quit for that 12 years before I started back again. Yeah, I would tell people that are uh, 18, 20, you know, put 100 bucks, put 20, put 50, whatever it is, and just keep doing it. And all of a sudden, you'll look back, you know, 40 years from now, the biggest, you know, biggest thing you can have is time, right? So if somebody comes to me with $5,000 when they're 20, and we start investing, by the time they get to 60, it's a huge number. Now, if they come to me at 65 with, you know, $5,000 at 65, um, sorry, it's just not going to grow. And that's why, you know, Parents should be talking to their kids. Start setting up IRAs. Start Roth IRAs are great, right? And they're easy to do. And you might say, well, you know, my kid's only 18 and they don't really need to start thinking about retirement now. Yes, they do. Put it in. As long as they're making income, they can put it in a Roth. They can put it in an IRA. Just do a little bit. And it makes a huge difference. I'd be happy to show anybody an investment calculator. And I do that with kids in our community very involved or worked with Huff High School and had kids come in and explain the stock market to them and how this stuff works and then it really opens their eyes and now they're having fun with it they're like oh I, I know it will grow if it grows at X percent over time so um, the explain maybe why it's it's better to seek out a financial investor whether it be uh, Williamson wealth Raymond James or Payne Weber or whoever over somebody who's trying to self-direct their funds uh, so your financial advisor, and uh, it should always be Raymond James. Let's not kid ourselves. But no, in all seriousness, when you have a, a financial advisor, they can do one thing with your money that you cannot do, which is be unemotional about it. You know, I had a uh, client that he wanted to be very risky, and he was calling me every day, every day, and, you know, hey, this this went down, this went down, and he actually wanted to, you know, get out of some bonds and get into single stock risk. And I'm like, you cannot do this. And he's being very emotional at the time. And he had to, had to move on, but he, he made a lot of bad choices, uh, in, because he was getting emotional. Oh, well, the stock market's really volatile and, you know, I only want to win. Well, that's not the way it works. We look at this thing over time that we're not, not looking at small time, but we can be unemotional about it. We don't love a particular stock or a particular fund. If that fund's not working, we're going to replace that fund. Well, the other side of this, it seems to me, is just the expertise. It's like, would you use your next door neighbor to help deliver a baby? Well, in my case, I have two OBs. <laughs> that would be okay. But it's like, you don't, you know, you go to the experts. Jim, you're in this looking at markets every day. You've got a level of expertise on valuing companies, looking at portfolio balances based on the needs of individual. I don't ever look at it. Right. Ever, 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 ever. Because I have somebody else that does it for a living, right? And yeah. Yeah, I met with, I'll go meet with Goldman Sachs and then go meet with Fidelity and go meet with Morgan Stanley. And we'll, I'm, that's what I'm doing every day. And if you're not doing it, it's, it's going to be very hard to pick and choose. Jim, you got about 30 seconds. Why should somebody choose Raymond James? I, I, you know, like I said before, the customer service, we're in it for the client. Individual portfolios are the things that we're trying to do. We're trying to help people get over the goal line one person at a time. We're not trying to do a thousand. So we're, you know, get to know your client, make sure you're in with a good group. And, and I believe that our group is a good group of people. So... Sure. Well, when we get back, we're going to continue to talk with Nikki Rigby and, and Jim Combs about some of the things that have been involved in with the lake and Senator Tart. So those of you who are with us, please come back uh, to Town Talk at WSIC. I'm your host, Bill Russell, and we'll see you on the other side of the break. Yeah, Jim, it was tough. I, I, I go to the farm last week. I open up my mailbox. First, I get the tax notice from the town. Property taxes have doubled. <laughs> then I get the, the financial statement and my money market. It just plummeted. It was a brutal, brutal Friday afternoon. 
Well, my, my wife is reading our statements. I go, don't even tell me. I don't want to know. But that's, a, again, here's a classic example of today's panel. You have people, you know, you mentioned contacting Raymond James. or So with Nikki, you've got somebody, if you had custom cabinets in a commercial enterprise, this is the person to call. If you've got issues around, you know, alcohol and things about improving your lifestyle and living, you call Nikki. If you have somebody who's needing financial advice and expertise wants to learn how to fly and maybe hit a golf ball you call jim yeah why is nobody ever calling me (laughs) um friday after uh after the focus friday we're gonna talk about the focus friday in just a second jeff but we got a ribbon cutting so uh ribbon cutting at dry bar 16926 burkdale commons parkway a new salon uh, that I didn't really know what a dry bar was. It's uh, got nothing to do with alcohol. Uh, it's got nothing to do with cutting your hair. It's it's blowing out your hair. That's uh, so what I've been told. I don't have that issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that is going to take place at 1030. Uh, a new business coming. We're always excited about a new business opening up and a ribbon cutting. But Where again, are they located? Uh, again, right beside Kilwins. It's on the movie theater side. Uh, so uh, please join us. But before we go to the to the ribbon cutting, we've got a Focus Friday. And Jeff, you want to share about who we've got a really special guest? Sure. This month, uh, which is actually this coming Friday, is with Congressman Dan Bishop, who is a member of the uh, 20-person Freedom Caucus, a very conservative group, uh, not one of the eight that voted against uh, McCarthy. So it will be interesting to get Dan's insights on both Israel, what's going on there, the administration's position, what Congress is doing, as well as... Uh, other issues around the elections and things that are coming on. And most specifically uh, with Dan is he's decided he's going to run for attorney general for the state of North Carolina. So we'll get some insights on that office as well. Do you think we're going to have a Speaker of the House by uh, Friday? <laughs> I don't know. But if we don't, we'll uh, find out what's going on behind the scenes with Dan. I, I saw that uh, the second vote was held and he lost two, uh, two votes. Uh, yeah, it's actually going the wrong direction. He really is. Are you keeping up with the the speakers? Jim Jordan's votes. I see it. A, I see it a little bit. And uh, you know, listen, everybody can figure out what they want to do with politics. I'm not a particular fan of Jim Jordan, but that doesn't mean somebody else shouldn't be. And uh, you know, it really it's kind of disheartening that we have a party that can't even agree on who they want us to lead. Uh, for those streaming with us, we're going back live on the radio in about five seconds. So thank you for being with us during this little pause about chamber activities. NormanChrysler.com. It's Town Talk with Lake Norman Chamber President Bill Russell on the new 1059 100.7 WSIC. Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. I have Nikki Rigby, who's Get Real with Alcohol. She is an alcohol coach. Jim Combs, wealth advisor with Raymond James, Williamson Wealth, and former senator for North Carolina, Jeff Tart, who's also my public policy chair, and the 2024 chair-elect. You'll be serving as the board chair next year. Does that make me your boss? No, I know <laughs> That <doesn't>. absolutely <laughs> does. Um uh, Nick, I want to ask you, you, you just recently joined the Chamber in the, in the last three months. Why should anybody join? Why did you join the Chamber of Commerce? Uh, I knew firsthand what the Chambers do for you when you own a business. Uh, the connecting, the relationships, uh, it just makes your business grow, and it gives you a support system that you really need when you're growing a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we were talking about your business, uh, Get Real With Alcohol, and uh, you were sharing uh, where to contact you is the website again? Get realwithalcohol.com. What do you say to people who might be in denial, like me and Jim and Jeff? That, uh, <laughs> uh, but what do you say, because maybe you know they have a problem, you can you can see the problem. Maybe the family members have come to you and said, Bill's got a problem. What do you say to that individual who denies that and says, no, I, I don't have a problem with alcohol? So the first thing you want to do is help someone become aware when you help them get curious and think about what's actually going on with why they need that drink, what happens around that drink. You know, when you start that process of introducing curiosity to someone, mm-hmm. that's when it really starts to change things for them. And then when it comes to the families, it's really important to have empathy. Um, to be supportive and have empathy. Now, I know, um, and my husband can speak to this, it's very difficult because you get very frustrated. Um, it gets very painful. It can be very destructive. Um, but if you're supportive and you get the right help, and, and I want to just stress real quickly, 
the beliefs and the thoughts are what my coaching is all about. We work with that, not the behavior. The behavior will follow suit when you work on the thoughts and the beliefs. Nikki, when with your organization, if a family approached you with a problem member, do you get involved or would you help with interventions or those types of things? We wouldn't do necessarily the old-fashioned intervention, but what we would do is introduce different um, programs and opportunities for that individual, starting with a discovery call. Uh, just having that discovery call and talking to the person about different things can open up a whole new world. And what's involved in a discovery call? It's questions. It's a call with me, and we'll go through questions of asking what their relationship currently is with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I can guide and, and judge what would be a, a good program for that individual that meets their needs. Excellent. Jim, um, you, you got a hockey fan right over here. I remember Jeff Go came Canes. in. Two yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> I, I, Jeff came to, I think, a, a chamber board meeting, and they had his Charlotte Checkers jersey on. Yep. Uh, you officiated hockey I, games? I did. I officiated, uh, was, I think it was on the ice, 12 years, professional hockey, ECHL, American League. Got to work a few NHL games. But before I get going, I want to say to Nikki, like, thank you for sharing your story. That's not an easy thing to do is say, hey, you know, and I have the empathy of losing the father and then, all right, well, let's have some drinks. And But thanks for sharing the story. And, you know, those people that have some, some trouble, it's great, you know, that they have a coach for it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as referee and hockey, it was lots of fun. Uh, I say I was only in it for the abuse, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it was a great time. Um you know, getting to work in the NHL after so many years of dreaming about it, it was it was everything I wanted it to be, and uh, not as long as I wanted it to be. Great article today in The Athletic about coaches and their interaction and relationships with uh, referees. And one of the things the NHL is now doing, I understand, is filming the coaches to share back with them so they can see what they denied, how they behave on the bench. <laughs> yeah, no, and then... This is just a, an odd relationship. I think you see uh, across the country, all sports, the relationships with officials and uh, and whatever sport. You know, parents yelling at umpires. I I always said, like, especially in kids hockey or kids sports, it's better if the parents drop the kids off and go home oh. and then come back because they're embarrassing, to be honest. And you know what? The they're umpire, the problem. Yeah, and the umpires are volunteers, or they make 30 bucks, and they're trying to do the right thing. They're not out there to make a mistake. Here's the question I have, just right. the burning question. Are hockey referees people too? <laughs> if you get up really close to them, they look human. They almost look human, but uh, you know, doing it for so many years, you know, they're out. It's it's almost like a politician. They're trying to do the right thing, and then something happens, and it gets construed, and your bias. And like I learned how to not care about the game because I, you know, from the officiating side, and nothing ever bothered me. But then when I would go watch the Panthers, and then. The, ref, the umpires would make a call against my team. I was like, this is ridiculous. They are homers. They don't like us. You know, all those different things. I was like, how do I, I know that that's not true. Hockey, but, hockey nuance is kind of getting discussed as rule changes and things, but hockey is different than the other professional sports is when you have a replay challenge and you miss, you lose the next challenge in all sports except hockey. You actually then get a two-minute uh, bench penalty. Do you think that's appropriate or not? Yeah, because we want to put a risk reward. So instead of, you know, all challenging all the time, well, okay, well, now you're going to take a player off the ice for two minutes. So do you really want to challenge it? And uh, I think it puts more pressure on them. And I think, uh, and we could talk about how it would be great if in football that, okay, we're you're going to take a player off the field for two <laughs> plays, right? And then they would change. They'd be like, I don't know if I want to challenge it. You don't want to encourage it all the time. But, uh, hey, if they can challenge it and and for officials, things happen live in real motion. They don't get replay, so they may make a mistake. And if it's obvious and it can help you, then I think a challenge is good. Bill opened the wrong venue here because we're going hockey <laughs> yeah, now. We're going to hockey. <laughs> what do you think about going back to the two-line pass? Good thing, bad thing? Bad thing. Why? Things have to evolve, and they have evolved. And I know you two are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And most of the people on the radio probably don't know what we're talking about. But it, we need uh, younger, faster. Basically, what he's talking about is putting in a two-line pass where you can only pass the puck 
basically 15 feet. We want those long stretches. We need scoring. We need excitement. Nobody stands up when a whistle blows because somebody passed it too far. People stand up when they cheer. The only thing we care about, cheering, fun, it's, and, and enjoying the game. And if you're driving and two-line pass, then you need to call Nikki. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, what's unusual about hockey for me, I, I, Chip Schultz was one of the first people to ever take me one, when they have the, the shoot-offs. Yeah, uh, shoot-off. Yeah. The, the, and then when it's over, everybody just walks away. I mean, it's just like, just quiet, walks away, like, no big deal, it's over. Okay. Not like a college football game, you know, we storm the field or, you know, cheer or stand there and rah-rah. Hockey, it's just over. Well, you can't get over the place. Yeah, it's hard to get over the glass, can't really charge the field. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, you, and you may, Brian Sisson, who is going to be the board chair after Jeff Tart, played college hockey, and then um, the checkers, their goalie was, was injured or out, mm-hmm. and so they called up Brian because they knew that he played mm. to be a goalie one night, but he actually, one of his fingers is broken uh, mm-hmm. and crooked because he had that great big, what do you call that? Mi- glove. Glove. It, yeah, glove. Okay. He caught it, but it still broke his fingers. Yeah, um, so that's yeah. a David Ayers trivia question, right? Oh yeah. Well, uh, it's always fun when you have the emergency backup, you know, because yeah. uh, you know Brian. Of course, he's excited, and you always go talk to those guys, saying, "Hey, good job, good job." And but you've never seen defense play so good when they know they only have one goalie, <laughs> and then they have the emergency backup. They're, they're great defense. Jim, you're also a golf pro. How did you? How did you get in the? To, to, how did you do that? So when I was uh, refereeing professional hockey. Full time, I had to do something in the summer, so I started working in, um, you know, at the golf course. And then, you know, as I kind of transitioned to like, okay, I kind of need to grow up and uh, maybe find a profession. And, you know, when I find something that I like, I kind of keep pursuing it. So I, you know, became a class A golf professional. And that way, uh, you know, I was at Ballantyne Resort for 11 years. And you learn business mm-hmm. and you learn, you know, you learn how to deal with actors, entertainers that would stay. You would learn how to, you know, Customer service, you know, all those great things. And uh, so it just became part of my life. I want to do it. I just kind of go do it. So another thing, Jeff, that uh, Jim and I have in common, uh, I'm involved in the Kiwanis and we have a, a group for special needs adults, 21 over the age of 21, uh, actually over the age of 18. But they meet at the Chamber of Commerce on the fourth Friday at seven o'clock. Uh, again, special needs adults are fun to work with. And Jim, you also have a passion for uh, special needs children. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's some a few organizations I like to go volunteer for. I'm going to go take my time. I want to be involved in the community. And some of the, some I like to combine some of the things, the hobbies that I like to do. The you know, being a uh, pilot, I used to work with Angel Flight, and that was taking people. This is mostly out in Arizona, but you would take people from remote locations and fly them to a hospital, and then you know, the one I talk about that hurts me the most is uh, a couple that was 26 years old. They had two twins that were twins that were uh, two years old and one got leukemia and the other one didn't. And they don't have the money to go from truth or consequences to Tempe. So we would take mom, fly her over, pick up dad, take dad back over. And uh, it's just, you know, I don't know. I think giving back to the community, helping out kids. We don't have kids, but the opportunity to, for me to interact and help out, I'm in. You know, those of you listening to us today, we've been listening to Jeff Tart, who was my next chair of the Chamber of Commerce, a three-time senator and three-time mayor, Nikki Rigby, Get Real with Alcohol, Jim Combs, uh, Raymond James, but uh, so very involved in our community. All three uh, community ambassadors, very involved uh, in what we do. Um, And just like Jim said, uh, Nikki, Thank you so much for sharing your story and your personal struggle and and trying to get people over that. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening to us today. If it's Wednesday afternoon, we're talking about our towns on Town Talk, WSIC. I'm Bill Russell, and we will see you next week. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, W290DK, Mooresville, Lake Norman, North Charlotte.